I want to preach tonight about when loss is gain. When loss is gain. You know, we think, I think every day sometimes or every week there's a sense of loss in our lives. It might be some little thing we might lose. We might lose our keys or something minor. We like, might think um, there's a situation that's going on. You know, people don't like to talk about loss. They want to talk about gain or winning. It's usually about losing and winning, but I'm talking about losing and gaining. Um, and a lot of people don't like to talk about losing or loss because they think it's just really negative, very negative. And so people want to talk about win-win, win-win situations. But I want to talk about lose-win situations tonight from a biblical perspective. And as I was uh, thinking about this, uh, I was thinking how um, a loss became a gain for Laney when we were on a missions trip. We got on a plane and uh, we put our luggage on there and she put her beloved guitar, the first guitar she ever had, she put her beloved guitar on the luggage thing as we've done many times, many for many years actually, and she put it on and uh, when we got to the destination, all the luggage was there except for her precious guitar. Mm. And so, you know, she was grieving over that loss. And I tried to bring a little bit of um, focus there. And I was, you know, I, I commiserated with her initially, but then I said, look, it's just metal and wood. <laughs> it's just metal and wood, you know. And who knows what will happen out of this. This loss may turn for good. And it did, actually. It turned for good. But she felt that loss because she was emotionally connected. And that instrument had sentimental value. And there's things and people in our lives who we have connections to or that have sentimental value. But sometimes we suffer a loss because of those things but it can actually turn out to be a gain. And she gained an even better, more expensive uh, guitar with a better sound. So it turned out for good eventually. And so what I want to share on is, is um, uh, explicitly mentioned in, ex in Ecclesiastes chapter three, it says there's a time to gain and there's a time to lose, okay? It's all part of life. It's just part of life right now. We live in a fallen world, okay? So that also becomes part of our life. But it's a part of our life. Gaining and losing, especially the losing, doesn't always have to be for a lifetime. It says there is a time to gain and a time to lose, okay? And if you're a kind of a pessimistic kind of person, you will only focus on losing ah, a time to lose and it becomes in your head a lifetime of losing but it doesn't have to be all right so i want to look into that first thing i want to do is look at a story about a young man named um, joseph out of the book of genesis and if you haven't read the story you need to go to um, genesis chapter 50 at least and look at what happened with joseph there's a whole series of chapters about what happened with his life. He was favoured son of Jacob and his other brothers, his older brothers were jealous and so they wanted to get rid of him. 
And so, of course, the first thing they did was they threw him in a pit, and from a pit he went to a prison, and things seemed to be going really, really badly for him. He ended up going from the prison into the, the, um, the captain of the guard's house, and things looked like they were coming, coming good. But then he was falsely accused of trying to rape the man's wife, and he ends up in more trouble. And so it looks like he's going from loss to loss to loss. You know, he lost his family. He lost his trust in his brothers. He lost contact with the familiar. He lost his position as the favoured son. He lost probably a good life for difficulty and challenges. He ended up becoming a slave at one point. And so all these bad things happened to him, but out of it, out of that loss, there was great gain. And towards the end of the story, this is what happens. He's reunited with those brothers who betrayed him. And he said this to them, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. This is really a powerful passage here. He has suffered incredible loss, but through all the challenges, through all the afflictions, he never lost his connection to God. He never lost his faith in God. In fact, he gained. He gained a closer relationship to the Lord. And sometimes when we lose something, we think we've lost everything. But we could gain something even greater. And so what he had was, you know, he was blessed. But towards the end, he was even more blessed. And he was able to show his brothers the power of forgiveness power of forgiveness and he said uh, he kept his relationship not only that he says he saved many people he saved his family he ended up providing for his family and he saved many other people as well so that is great gain great gain you know he he lost a lot he probably lost a lot of sleep over it he probably struggled many times inwardly but he never lost his connection to God or his faith in the Lord and he was able to bring great gain into the lives of others so this is a powerful passage here powerful passage there's another story in uh, the book of Acts and it's about Paul so I'm looking at loss here what did Paul lose he was on the way. He was taken as a prisoner. Uh, and he was on the boat with others and he advised them. And he said, men, I perceive this voyage will end with disaster and much loss. Not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. So Paul is saying there's going to be incredible loss here. Not just of everything on the boat. But us, our lives, we're going to die. You guys, we are going to die. And he wasn't being dramatic. He was just telling what the Lord had showed him. And then, uh, I, 
just filling the story. He and all of those on the boat fasted. They fasted and they prayed. He was their leader in this. He was their example. And there was over 200 guys on this ship. And for about 14 days, he prayed and he fasted. And he was an example to them. And then at the end of it, it says, He stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me. <laughs> and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. So they threw everything overboard. They lost all the, the cargo. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. So they lost the ship, they lost all their cargo, but they didn't lose their lives. They didn't lose their lives. And so from this experience of loss, they would have gained insight into not being so rash with their decisions. They would have gained an experience that they probably wanted to never experience again. Their lives were in jeopardy, and at one point they thought they would lose their lives but they gained it because of the power of prayer, because God came through for Paul's sake, for Paul's sake, because of the fasting and the prayer. And so, you know, how we look at these things and we think, how does that apply to me? When you've lost something or you feel like you're in danger sometimes, you can pray and you can fast and maybe God will change the situation around and gain will come out of it. You may lose things, but your life will be preserved. Your life will be preserved. And it's wise to listen to godly counsel. It's wise to listen. They knew he was a man of God, and they should have listened. God was merciful in this situation. Their lives were preserved. And then I want to look at a situation that's even more dire than that. But I want to start at Job chapter 1. So there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. Job was one of the good guys. He was very blessed. Why was he blessed? Because he was blameless and upright. He was a godly man. He feared the Lord and he hated evil. And then it tells you about, that's about his character. Then it talks about his life. It said he had seven sons and three daughters were born to him. And also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So that this man was the greatest of all the people in the East. It's talking the Middle East. He was the greatest. He was the richest man in the Middle East. Job. Wow, he is so blessed. A lot of people would be very jealous of him, very envious of him. And if you would read the book of Job, which is one of my favourite books in the Bible, although they're all my favourites, the book of Job is an awesome book. And of course, he's got all these things. He's got great character, great connection to God, great family. Everything is wonderful. And then, of course, in the story, if you read it, the enemy comes and challenges God and says, if you took away all his blessings, he wouldn't follow you. 
And so the Lord said, okay, let's see. Let's see. It's like, come on, come on. <laughs> and so, of course, we know it happened. Job ended up having terrible physical affliction, terrible time. All his, all his possessions were gone. All his children were taken. All his friends turned on him. The only person that was left was his wife. Out of all those things, the only thing that was left was his wife, who said, why don't you curse God and die? Just give up, Job. Give up. And all his friends came around and pointed the finger and said, you must have done something wrong. What did you do, Job? What did you do? What's your sin? And they just pointed the finger at him. They weren't supportive. They weren't encouraging or anything. So can you imagine the sense of loss that Job had? He's lost everything. He's lost his health. He seems to have lost his friends. His wife is just criticizing and saying, just die. He's lost pretty much everything except his connection to the Lord. And what happened out of it? The Lord restored. The Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Those finger pointers. He prayed for them. And indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Twice as much as he had before. Is God going to do that to all of us? No, this was Job. He deals with each of us individually. And this was an example for us to know the goodness of God. The goodness of God. And how important it is to have that covering of the Lord over our lives. How important is the umbrella of God's covering over us to prevent those things that the enemy brought against Job? But even in the loss, Job gained even more. He gained even more. That is the goodness and the grace of God. What did Jesus say about loss? He actually warned, he gave warning to his disciples. He said, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. It's like, wow, okay, that doesn't make sense, but it sounds really wise. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So he's saying, basically, you've got to lose your life. You've got to die to yourself. Take up your cross and follow me daily. That's what he said. Lose your life and take up my life. And then you will have real life. Then you will have eternal life. You don't want to lose your soul by trying to live your own life your own way. He's saying, lose all those things that you think are important. Lose those things. Lose your pride. Lose your sin. Lose your arrogance. Lose your self-sufficiency. Lose your independence. Lose this, your false worship. Lose these things and take up my life. And then you will have real life. 
lose your ways, lose your attitudes, lose your habits, lose your identity, and take up mine. And then you'll have great gain. You'll have great gain. That's what he's saying. His way, his attitude, his will, his identity. That's what we gain. Great gain. These things are more important. What's important to us? And then in Matthew 19, said, he says this. Everyone who's left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. So he's saying, lose these things. In other words, are they, is he saying they're not important? No, he's not saying they're not important. He's saying let them lose their importance compared to me. That's what he's saying. Let them lose their priority compared to me. If houses or relationships or countries even, things, if they are more important than God, we need to lose those things and take on the importance of the priority of God. And as you do, he said, for his name's sake, and to receive a hundredfold blessing. There's the loss by choice and the gain as a reward. You know, that's the goodness of God. Again, the hundredfold blessing. In other words, way above what you can imagine when we lose these things and gain Him. We gain Him. It's all about relationship. It's all about relationship with Him and obedience to Him. That's where the great reward comes from. You know, we were talking about the Apostle Paul before and the challenges that he had. Uh, he says um, in one of the passages that we'll look at in a minute, he said that he was a respected, respected man of God. He was a religious leader. He was highly important. He was a Pharisee. He was a very proud Jew. But he lost so much. He lost so much by choice. He chose. He chose to lose. He lost his position. He lost his title. He lost his comfortable life. He was then beaten. He was stoned. He was imprisoned. He was rejected. All these supposedly horrible things came upon his life. But then, how does he describe it? He said, I count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. He said, all these things which were so important to me, all these things that I thought really, really mattered, and all of us have these things in our lives, we think these things really matter, and they do have a measure of importance, but they are not more important than knowing him, than having that connection to him. We could lose all these things and it won't really matter 
But if we lose him, we've lost everything. And that's what Paul's saying. Everything else really, what I thought was important, was actually rubbish when it comes to gaining Christ. And if people would get that, then their lives would totally change. They would totally change. The great loss, he said, was absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. What's the good thing about losing? Well, sometimes when we lose things, we grieve and we're sad. When we have to give things up sometimes, we, we get sad. Even habits that we have and attitudes. If we need to change things and we know we need to change it, you go, but that's the way I've always been. That's the way I've always done it. And it's kind of a grieving or sense of loss. But listen to this. It says in Psalm 34, the righteous cry out. The righteous, those who love God, who know God. They cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. All their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. And sometimes we feel like we've got a broken heart when we lose certain things or we have to give them up. There's a sense of loss. But he is right there to say, you know what? It's going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Those who are humble enough to trust God. Those who are humble enough to trust God. He will save you. He will rescue. He will lift you up. He will help you. He will be there. And whatever sense of loss you're feeling, out of that can come great gain. Great gain. And the last verse I want to go to is in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can carry nothing out. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying, but it's from the Bible. Brought nothing into this world, we take nothing out. We can't carry any of these possessions, any of these things that matter to us. Houses, our cars, you know, our designer gear, whatever it is, you can't take it with you. The only thing that we can take to heaven is souls for the kingdom, the works, the gold, the precious stones, the silver, all the works that we have done, the works of righteousness, they're the only things that we can take with us, the things that are to our account for the kingdom. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness. We have to lose some things to walk in godliness. Sometimes we need to lose ways of thinking about things. We need the, 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 our minds renewed. We need our brains washed. You know, we've pretty much been brainwashed. If you've been to university or you've been in the secular education system, if you've had ungodly parents, if you've come from cultures where there's ancestor worship and idol worship, we've had our brains washed in the worst kind of way. And we need the word of God to come and wash us. 
wash our brains clean, wash our minds clean, so that we can walk in godliness, walk in godliness, and we will have contentment. Be satisfied with what you've got. Press for things, yes. Have vision, yes. But be content with what you've got right now because it's a blessing from the Lord. And as you walk in godliness, as you live your life like Job and Paul and these great men or women of God, whatever you lose can be the loss that's from God. But there will be great gain and great reward and great restoration also from the hand of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for your awesome word. Lord, we thank you that the ultimate loss was the death of Jesus to gain our salvation. He lost his earthly life to gain eternal life for us. Lord, how much more should we allow those things in our lives to fall away, those things which we've given more importance than you? Lord, let them be lost and let great gain come. Lord, let there be a loss of our laziness and half-heartedness. Let there be a loss of our fear of man so that we'll be more outreaching. Let there be a, a loss of our trust in money or other people or things for security. Let us lose the idols in our lives, Lord, if there's any there. The idols of success, the idols of sports, the idols of self. Let all these things fall away that we might gain you. Lord, we want more and more of you. To fully gain Christ. To be more like you. to be better examples, to be better representatives for your name's sake, Lord, and for the gospel's sake, for the sake of others. Lord, let our prayers and our fasting and our obedience to you be rewarded by great gain. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, God bless you all. Have an awesome week if anyone wants prayer. Bless you online. See you guys. If anyone wants prayer, I'll pray with you. Otherwise, say hi to someone. <laughs> Thanks a lot.